0: God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With
1: me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are. New episode, <clears throat> a new day, new shorts, new pants. And Ooh, uh, Those are some nice pants. Thank you. I uh, I got them at Barney's, baby. <laughs> Guess how many times I've worn pants in the last six months how many times two time i'm wearing shorts right now are you wearing shorts right now
0: always always wearing shorts and if i'm not wearing shorts i'm wearing sweatpants if i'm not wearing sweatpants i'm wearing pajamas
1: but where's the That's one place six months. where's the one place that you don't wear shorts rule number one shower no no you can wear shorts in the shower you know what i'm talking oh, about on stage on stage baby don't wear shorts unless stage. you're in Pantera or some other metal band that can get away with it This is a little bit of a no short rule hey this is I'm okay you're okay I'm not okay you're not okay one of the things we do here on this lovely program is we read listener emails and we have some here In the old mailbag, you want to take a a visit to the mailbag with me? Can you
0: knock some of those mice off the side of the mailbag and also some of the dust? And also, can you take this old wicker broom and sweep up the cobwebs and dust that are surrounding the old mailbag? And also, can you punch Santa right in his fucking dick because he's standing there pooping in the mailroom with no clothes on? He's got a Santa beard on, he's obviously been drinking.
1: Punch him in the dick, get him away from the mailbag. I don't like that Santa. Well, let me tell you something. You take the letters of Santa, you do a little bit of Aunts. rearranging. Guess what you get? Ants. Satan. Ooh. Now, you think that's a kawinky dink? I don't. I sure as hell don't. So you think Santa is just a dressed up Satan? <sighs> yeah. Sure. All right. Saint Nicholas, Nikolai. Okay. Okay. You're right. Well, here's the deal. I'm gonna knock the my, the mice and the dust and all the other things you said right off, and we're gonna read some right now, and listen. You can be, you can hear your own precious email coming through those Bluetooth headphones you're wearing right now. You can write in bobandclint at gmail dot com, and we'll read it if we want to. Dude, what if, what if
0: somebody's listening to this podcast using a vinyl record player? they've transferred the podcast to vinyl because they like the pleasing sound of vinyl. Yeah, it's warmer. And they they just put the needle on. (sighs) Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. Dude, we need to start putting out select episodes on vinyl of I'm Okay, You're Okay for our vinyl collectors like yourself who would enjoy an I-Okay, Y-Okay, I-N-Okay, Y-N-Okay on some wax record dude you would love that you would love it
1: i don't listen to our episodes well you would love it on wax. <laughs> i'm not a fan <laughs> I don't do they make records out of wax yeah dude what if you spent like a
0: thousand dollars on a record and then it you left it in the sun and it just melted because it was made out
1: of actual wax and not vinyl that does happen when you leave records in the sun they do melt <sighs> damn it <laughs> that would never happen to me though i would never buy a $1000 record nor would i leave it What's in the, the sun? most
0: money you've ever spent on a record?
1: <sighs> Man, good question. Like that's not a box set or something. Yeah,
0: just like one record.
1: I don't know. I, uh, 50 bucks. Yeah. I don't I don't and that was rare. I, it was a yeah. picture disc of Tool Lateralis. Uh I don't like to spend over 30 bucks on records. Yeah, I spent
0: thirty bucks on a couple of records just because I wanted them. Because they were the records I listened to when I was in high school.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll shell out for like a nice repress of something that I a record I truly love. I bought two copies of Miles Davis kind of blue to keep in my studio and in the our living room because I we listen to it all the time. Anyway, this is this is not that exciting. Uh Luis Bronco I bought, writes. I bought in, a
0: I bought a half a copy of Miles Miles Davis's uh kind of chartreuse. And it's hard to listen to because every half a spin, it falls off because <laughs> it's <only laughs> a half a record. It's like... <laughs> 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 Dude, were we just listening to a half a record? Is
1: that how good my sound effects have gotten? Because that sounded like we were listening to have a half record. You're like that guy from uh, Police Academy 5. I know. <laughs> the guy that makes all the weird sounds.
0: Dude, I was freaking myself out now. I couldn't believe how
1: good that was. Well, Luis Bronco writes in and says, My dear, and if I may be so bold, sweet, sweet brothers, I write to you because something amazing is about to happen. I'm going to be a father. My wife asked me to keep it on the down low, but I'm going out of my mind. I have to tell someone, so I'm telling you. I'm wow. so scared and excited at the same time. I can't think straight. Love you two so much. Do you have any advice for a rookie daddy? He says, I mean, I, okay. Advice suppository shaped peace to all of us. Luis Brando. Uh, Well, congratulations. Man, that guy that guy listened to some, a couple podcasts. He loves us. He says here in this very email that he loves us, which by the way, don't hate that. I don't that. hate that email.
0: No, we like may I be so bold as to profit that we do like that sort of email when it reaches us. do
1: you have any advice for a new
0: dad? uh, yeah, just you know sit back and relax and uh let the let the world come and uh treat you to uh something real special. <laughs> uh, I know everybody <laughs> y- here's something you know it's like preparing for like oh, I'm gonna see a sunset, yeah, just relax, you'll see it. it's coming just relax. You're not going to see it before it comes. So just relax.
1: (laughs) I just love the way you frame that. Let the world treat you to something special with this event.
0: Yeah. It's a nice, it's nice. it's, It's why we're on the planet. It's the reason that we're here is to procreate. And so you're about to do the one thing that you're actually here to do. Everything else is bullshit. So you're going to get a chance to do that. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Me and Clint are both excited for you you're going to have an amazing thing. It's transformative. It changes everything. So
1: enjoy it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Dude, when you were saying that, you were like, everything else is bullshit. I thought about a person out there that doesn't have a kid that's going, but what about this poem I wrote? (laughs) (laughs) But I wrote a poem yesterday.
0: (laughs) Dude, that's why I was so excited when Wayne Coyne finally had a kid. I was like, "Oh man, I don't want him to not have that experience. Like he seems like such a you know, a guy who's really interested in finding a, a lot, you know, just checking out life and seeing what it has to offer and like he's going to get that experience. Now he's having that experience. It's interesting to have a
1: feeling about someone you don't know very well like that."
0: Well, it's, you know, that's the thing about
1: music is that it makes you feel close to people you're not close to.
0: Well, it's in your. It's inside of you. Like you're. It gets inside of your body, into your cells. Somebody else's voice, and uh, you know, I'm f- relatively sane, but I feel like I know who Wayne Coyne is, and I know I don't know him, and he doesn't know me at all. But there is that strange feeling of intimacy and familiarity that you have with music
1: and people that make music you you are that for many people and people listening to this episode you you are that how does that feel I mean
0: I don't think about it very often but uh yeah I mean when I do when I think about it the way I feel about other musicians and music that I really love it it's it's interesting and strange and a little scary like it's scary to you know because here's the thing, go on, I don't, I, I don't know who Wayne Coyne is. Like in my mind, he's like this perfect, like he's, the, I have the fantasy version of Wayne Coyne. I have like the the uh, Jojo Rabbit version of Wayne Coyne that's in my imagination. I don't know what he's like in real life, but everything I've seen, all the interviews I've seen him do and, and all the concerts I've seen and everything he said, I'm just like, oh, I like this guy. But again, I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, you and I at the end of the day, even though we are artists and musicians, one of us more famous than the other, yes. Uh at the end of the day though, we're lover, we're music lovers and we're fans. And I I I have millions of fantasies about being close with the people who make the music that I love.
0: If you could hang out with one, let's not make it one. One's too hard. But if you could hang out with like a few different people, who would you love to just get to know like they say okay we're gonna have a dinner party you can invite like five people to the dinner party who are you gonna invite
1: they have to be alive in my fantasy we're not we don't just have like an evening hanging out like a make a wish foundation night like we're friends so is that what we're saying this is a group of friends these are people who are famous musicians that i admire no. but they're my friends
0: no you can't because you, you don't know if they're gonna be your friends this, this is just like you're, you're gonna you, this is a party your friend your friend uh this is way
1: too much pressure pa, pa, because that,
0: your friend, uh, your friends with Paul McCartney, and Paul's like, "Hey, hi, hey Clint, I'm, uh, hi, Clint, I'm Paul McCartney. I'm gonna invite some people over. You want? You tell me the list. I can invite anybody. They'll all come because I'm Paul McCartney."
1: All right, okay. I'm just gonna shoot from the hip. Okay, I'm not gonna bore our listeners or you by trying to think about it too much. My first thought was David Gilmore. Okay, is he alive? He's alive. Yeah okay i think okay. I, he's a smart dude uh a brilliant guitar player brilliant songwriter he's an atheist he's a humanitarian and he's got he seems to have some humor right. in him too all right we know like, who he is what, who else who else we got? well i'm just trying to describe why it would be him okay it's not just okay. because i like docs Side of the moon okay oh my gosh let's not do five let's just do three yeah, uh as many as you want bob dylan okay Okay. And Bob Dylan is someone I wish I would have been friends with like in the late 60s. Although he was kind of out of his mind. Actually, I would like to have been friends with Bob Dylan in 75 when he was doing... Alright, but this Blood isn't Blood
0: friends. That. This is a dinner party.
1: Uh, Bob Dylan, David Gilmore. I would love for David Bowie to be there, but he's not He's not alive, so that's out, right? Yeah,
0: you can't bring his corpse in. That's not going to be fun for anybody. That's not going to be a cool party. Oh, David Bowie's here. Uh, he's dead.
1: <laughs> uh... I don't know I'd love to ha- I'd love to hang out with Dave Bazan uh Dave Bazan however you say his name I'd love to hang out with Tom York or Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. all right, that, all
0: right wait so no we're at five
1: now my I get to pick my five now I'm proud of you for 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 holding on that long and listening and waiting to talk all right let's hear your wait well,
0: you're like you're only getting name three and now now you're just about to shoot off you like said, a 20. you of you no, you said
1: and we can rewind the tape you said as many as you want yeah up to five I forgot the up to five part. <laughs> okay. As many as you want up to five. Uh, I'll only do
0: three. Yeah. As many as you want up to five. All right. We're at five. We got five. We got Tom York, David Gilmore, Bob Dylan. The Dillon. ghost of...
1: No, but David Bob Dylan.
0: Boe, Bob Dylan. And Dave Bazan. Dave Bazan. Okay. Who's Pedro the line in case you don't know. All right. So my pick for the dinner party would be Tom Waits, Randy Newman. Ah, uh, these are good picks. Paul Simon paul mccartney's already there because he's throwing the party
1: paul mccartney paul mccartney my friend yesterday oh my troubles seem so far away uh
0: billy collins the poet uh
1: who else is alive now it looks as though they're here to stay I believe in yesterday that's that's my list all right i'm done Oh, David Byrne, David Byrne, Dave Byrne. Oh, those are great picks. Randy Newman and Dave Byrne were great picks. Paul Simon too, although he probably wouldn't be a very fun dinner guest. I just watched Dracula again. The Coppola, yeah, yeah. the fucking crazy guy, going, "Yes, master, please." Tom and eating the flies. It's Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he does a really good job. He's pretty good in that movie. All right, we got another email here from Craig Soderberg, longtime listener of the show. And he says, songwriter group is the subject. He says, I was afraid to start a songwriting group because I didn't think I could write under pressure. I thought I had to be quote unquote inspired. COVID hit, so I got together online with some friends from Phoenix who were songwriters. As I knew they'd done the group thing many times over, these friends are the ones who introduced me to Bob. So the group's been everything you always said it would be. I've become a better writer, written songs because I had to write to a strange phrase that I never would have been inspired to write. I've met new songwriting friends because we keep asking different friends from all over the country to join. I also did a co-write, which I always was afraid to do as well because I, I, be, I thought I wouldn't be able to contribute under a short time frame. Surprised how fun it was and how easy it was to complete a song when everybody involved is pretty creative in the first place. Even if I didn't provide the actual line we used, through talking it out, I'd get someone else to put out a cool line. So it really felt like a three-way split with the song. From Clint's co-write jokes that he slips in once in a while, I get the idea it doesn't always go that way. It definitely does it in Nashville. There's a lot of bullshit co-writes where you do all the heavy lifting and the other person gets to fart on your couch for 90 minutes and then they get to leave and they get a co-write. That's most of the co-writes I've done. The joke here is a word's a third. Word's a third. (laughs) Dude, if you're in the room. If you're in the room. If you're in the room, it's half. If you're in the room, you're in.
0: If you're in the room, if there's two people in the room and you're one of them, 50%.
1: He says, my favorite part of your podcast is the songwriting aspect, so thanks for that. You guys often mention that you tend to leave your first thoughts as the final lyrics and move on to the next song. So, Bob, you just did a complete overhaul on the song Once You Feel Nothing. Did you always just dig that song, but the original lyrics didn't feel right? The original lyrics were dark, but a bit off, I guess. The new version's just as dark, but much cooler. Any thoughts? Thanks, you two. Craig from Maui. Now, thanks, Craig. Kick, Craig's kicking it in Maui, bro.
0: Man, that's where you gotta kick
1: it. Um so what's he talking about with That's his cool. Tune?
0: So so I have a song called Once You Feel Nothing. I wrote it a while ago. I've always loved, I've always loved the chorus. Once you feel nothing, you can do anything, you can do anything. Once you feel nothing, once you feel nothing. And then I had a couple verses, like four or five verses. And they've always been they've always been kind of joke verses, which is fine, but not only were they joke verses, but they were also kind of clumpy. Like the first line which I really like is when you sang for the crowd, everyone clapped over the years all your hair fell into your lap. I love that song cuz it's about a guy getting older and losing his hair. But the rest of it like just didn't quite work and i've i've rewritten it a few times now so every time i play it i don't play it very often i play it at the saxon or i used to play it at the sax on monday nights and almost every time i'd play it I'd, re- I'd i'd open it up and go all right let me see if i can work on these verse lyrics and i just played it this monday on my live stream and i do feel like i finally cracked the code and i finally got some lyrics that i actually like like stuff finally fell into place in that song But it's something I rarely, rarely do. And the only time I've ever done it, besides with this song, is I've done it on on two or three other songs where I really love the chorus. But there's a song I have called What We're Living For, and it's got the greatest chorus. And isn't this what we're living for? Out here on New York see looking for some one two been able to crack the code on the verses. I even asked my buddy Derek Barr to take a crack at it, and he failed miserably. But I will say this, when he sent in his, it made me like, oh, let me take another crack at this as well. And I did, and I got a little closer, but I still still haven't cracked the code on that song. So that's another, that's a song where because the chorus is so good, I may what I may do at some point is I may take the ver the chorus and remove everything else and just start from scratch. It's like I don't know. The, uh, rarely does anything like that work. It's like trying to transplant a head onto another body. It's it, it's it's always going to be a corpse. But with the new technology, in there, you know, you know, it's like Frankenstein, you dream that maybe one day it'll work. In the meantime, you just got a bunch of decomposing bodies behind your building.
1: I've been having this project, that this metal project I have called Lunar Satan. I've been like finishing it and getting it mixed. And while I've been cleaning up all the stems to send to my friend Paul Moak to mix, I was like, yeah, I definitely need to touch up some lyrics because I wrote all that shit in a funny little cloud. I never thought it'd be real. Now it's turning out it's a real thing. And when I sat down to rewrite that, it was like, it can't be anything else. That's what it is. Yeah. It just, yeah, it, I agree. It just couldn't be anything else. Uh, thank you, Craig. Tiffany Kleypas writes, patron of the show, I might add, she's a. I know I'm beating the dead accent complaint horse, and I just have to say I love you guys both and the podcast, would never email you to shit on what you guys do. Uh, however, when you read the email about the guy complaining about the accents, I thought, okay, I can kind of see where he's coming from on maybe the one episode that was like 30 minutes sounding like cracked out Sherlock Holmes. The response to his criticism at first sounded like it was heading towards overly sensitive territory, but I have to say, by the time Bob started in with the non-regional accent and you guys started going back and forth i was already dying laughing again anyway all that to say i just keep you just keep on doing all that you do sometimes we get funny nostalgic stories about bob's multiple hiv tests or relatable content about feeling a certain type of way and sometimes we get 30 minutes of rambling like a janky snatch character regardless everyone loves being on the tour bus with you tiffany
0: oh thanks tiffany i appreciate it
1: thank you and i get
0: i i get the i get it Like, one of my favorite podcasters is um, Adam Carolla, and I think he's really funny, but when he is doing his improv, it's so not funny. It's the least funny part of that show, but he loves doing it, and so he ends up doing it. And I kind of stopped listening to his podcast and only listened to the Adam and Dr. Drew show, because he doesn't do it at all on that show. Yeah. So... You know that's the thing about life—you got choices. So if you don't like the accents, guess what? Just don't listen to that podcast, or skip ahead, or listen to another podcast.
1: I mean, there are Bob Dylan albums I don't like that he made. What? It doesn't. It doesn't occur to me to write to Bob Dylan and tell him what kind of albums to make, dude. Because you know what? I would not. Right. Go well, ahead. you know what I ultimately want from him? I want him to make what he hears in his head, which sometimes might not be something that's pleasing to my ear, but I don't want him to not do that.
0: Here's a here's what I want Bob Dylan to do.
1: Love me. He does love you. I know. And so he's doing it. You know, I think I think when you told me it's worth repeating on the show because I think it's really cool that Bob Dylan somehow heard some of your tunes and like Bob Dylan who famously is uh stoic and unmoved by things in the world uh and if you know anything about him that makes perfect sense but he was moved by your music and and uh somehow he heard it and thought it was dope now i think when you told me that story i wasn't quite on my bob dylan trip that i'm on now that i will be on the rest of my life and uh how does it feel knowing that the greatest living songwriter thinks you're a good songwriter that's are you asking me how it
0: feels to be on my own like a complete unknown with no direction home.
1: Like a rolling bone? Zip. Uh, how does it feel? Do you I mean, do you consider him one of the greatest songwriters?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's,
1: all that stuff he
0: did early on uh, is towering works of genius. Um, and he, he's definitely one of those guys who has continued to write great music throughout his career never stopped writing never stopped putting out new music now i don't hunt through i don't pick through the trash of his later records to find the little bits of meat
1: i just listen to the greatest hits record Uh, you gotta check out time out of mind dude and you gotta listen to his new one his new one's really good too
0: i have listened to his new one i mean i listen to everything that comes out but I don't listen to it more than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I try not to listen to a lot of Bob Dylan in general just because he does that thing that James Brown does where you listen to it and you go, oh, this is so fun to write this stuff. And then you end up writing a Bob Dylan song because it's real easy to write that. And it's real easy to write James Brown stuff. It's real easy to do that. Now, having said that, you just end up with something. It's like saying, oh, it's real easy to paint like Jackson Pollock. You're just dripping paint onto the canvas, and it's fun. But you don't want to make Jackson Pollock paintings just like you don't want to make Bob Dylan songs, just like you don't want to make James Brown songs. You want to make Clint Wells songs. Well, Bob Bob Dylan, I mean,
1: Bob Dylan didn't even want to make Bob Dylan songs. I I can't think of an artist more so than him who changed from album to album. It's it's kind of scary in a way.
0: Well, here's what didn't change that voice.
1: No, no it did change. It, if you listen to National Skyline or John Wesley Harding, it's, it's, it's like a different person singing, completely different person. Well, you, here's you ought to I listen know. to that when we get done.
0: If you play me a hundred songs and 50 of them are sung by Bob Dylan and 50 of them are sung by other people, I'll be able to pick out the 50 Bob Dylan
1: songs. I bet you wouldn't be able to pick out the ones I'm talking about i bet how much do you want to bet well now that i've told you about it the the experiment's been compromised i won't listen to anything well so now i gotta go f- pick 50 songs and throw this one fucking bob dylan song in there <laughs> all right you win i'm just saying he changed man just and, and, all right and, tell me
0: the song tell me the song i'm gonna pull it up on spotify
1: and i'm gonna listen to it and i'll tell you you know me great We're, dude great. Uh, great do i lie More shit for me to edit out okay
0: no do i lie you don't have to edit out anything dude i don't lie if i don't recognize listen
1: to listen to a song called tonight i'll be staying here with you from nashville skyline 1969 uh, all right tonight i'll I'll be staying here with you nashville skyline
0: all right jesus christ fuck spotify
1: i hate hate spotify all right but all right bob dylan you don't even type tonight i'll be staying here with tonight i'll be staying here with you nashville skyline is the album what's it called
0: I, I just dude for some reason when i look like, dude when i open up youtube some crazy ass fucking song comes on every time and i don't know how to change it
1: the song is called and tonight, it's the loudest song in the world tonight i'll be staying here with you the album's tonight called up. nashville skyline tonight i'll be staying here with you it comes up make sure it's yeah, not a right, cover
0: make sure it's him it's bob dylan It's the 70s, everybody's high And 69. drunk Everybody thinks, thinks They're having a good time Because they're in the room with Bob Dylan here Everybody's like oh, I can't believe we're playing with Bob Dylan Yeah, that doesn't sound like it
1: Yeah You're right Okay
0: I'll be here with you.
1: That whole album is like that. He actually, you know, he made Blonde he made on Blonde. This on is Blonde. what he sounds like. hello
0: turning yeah. off the window.
1: Right. It's weird, right? Isn't it weird? I mean, yeah, it's weird. It's just weird that that's right after Blonde on Blonde. Where he was saying, stuck inside a mobile, the Memphis Blues again. Like the most Dylan-y sound ever was 66, 67. That's just two years later, and he sounds like like a completely different person.
0: Like he's doing like a country country route. He's he's even wearing like a what he thinks is sort of a cowboy hat. Yeah. But it's not. It's like when you it's like when you showed up wearing your cowboy hat and you're like, I got my cowboy hat. I'm like, dude, that ain't no cowboy hat.
1: It wasn't a fucking cowboy hat, it was a Panama hat. Well, it's not a cowboy hat. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> dude, believe me, I play. I play with country musicians. I play with a fucking country. Now you for do, four but years. not back then. Yeah, back then when I bought that hat, I was in between country tours.
0: All right. Okay.
1: I'm from Alabama, yeah. dude. I know what a fucking cowboy hat looks like. Well, we're in Texas now. We're in Texas now, Dorothy. All right. One more email here before we wrap up this. Riveting episode in which we spent five minutes looking for a Bob Dylan song. All right, Tommy Trinkeller, who's a friend of mine who uh, lives in L.A., I believe. He's a he's a uh, fan of the metal podcast I do. The subject is zip. He says, hey, dudes, happy to say that after many months of being behind, I've finally started catching up on the show. It's crazy how easily one of my favorite shows can slip through the cracks while inundating myself with other content, not to mention all this COVID bullshit, blah, blah, blah. He says, Jesus, I'm going into the medical field, and even I started to tune out after mentioning COVID. Anyway, all joking aside, I just wanted to say thank you for brightening my day with your show that is as funny as it can be insightful while somehow still not taking everything too seriously. Keep it up. Tommy, P.S., currently on February, and Clint's Aramaic Moses impression fucking floored me. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all, dude. But here's here's what I don't doubt, that it was
0: funny. I don't doubt it either. You're funny as fuck, dude. Dude, you're funny as fuck, dude. We are extremely talented. Dude, this is all I know. Tell me. You're funny as fuck, dude. I'm fucking funny. So are you. Dude, I'm funny as fuck, dude. you're dude. fucking funny. Dude, I'm fucking funny. You're fucking dude. funny, bro. Yeah, man. We're funny. Sometimes fucking. you just have to be able to say that we're fucking funny. I mean, some people are funny. Yeah. Some people are funny as you know, funny is all hell. I'll get out. But, dude, we're all get out. Some people are as funny as all get out. Some people are just funny. You know, if you're funny, that's fine. You're funny. That's, yeah. But, dude, we're funny as fuck,
1: dude. We're fucking funny.
0: Dude, we're funny as fuck.
1: We're fucking funny. Well, <laughs> <laughs> how long do you think we can do that?
0: Dude, we could easily do that for 10 more minutes.
1: I mean, I was gonna we
0: could start a show and do the whole show.
1: I mean, I don't think, let, let's in. I don't think that the <laughs> episode where we did 30 minutes of the British accent, I don't think that was a good episode, I really don't, but I, I think I, love, I think the
0: first half, I think the first half of that episode was one of the funniest episodes we've done. The second half wasn't as funny as the first half. I know, but dig it, here's what I'm trying but to say. But first
1: that first half of the episode was funny as fuck. But here's mm. what I'm trying to say, I love that we did it, because- yeah. It's a 30 minute slice of fucking life. And you're going to, there's yeah. going to be hundreds of these. And yeah. so the flavor that day, yeah. that's how the fucking pie came out that day. Dude, the pie was filled with English accents. Dude, some, sometimes
0: you open, sometimes you take a bite of the pie. There's no accents at all in the pie. And you're like, hey, where are all the accents that were in this pie last time you served it up? And you're like, well, we just didn't have any this time. We just, what we use is whatever's in the cupboard. So we open up the cupboard, we put it in the pie and then we serve the pie and we serve it up hot and we serve it up fresh and we serve it up twice a week. And some people were like, mm, that's good pie. And other people are like, did you forget to put something in this pie? And we're like, yeah, we forgot to put in the accents. Yeah. But uh, let me just, before we end this show, I got a couple things. Uh, d- I This is a question for you, and it's about dreams. I have this dream all the time where I'm trying to find my dorm room. Mm-hmm. I'm in the dorm that I was in in college, and I'm trying to find my dorm room, and I can't find it because all the dorms are the same because the dorms that I stayed in in college were military barracks. Not barracks, but military housing. All of them were the same. All the rooms were the same. The staircases were the same. And I cannot find my room, and I'm just walking from room to room down these corridors where all these rooms are, and I can't find my room. And I've had the dream
1: hundreds of times. Do you ever have that dream? I mean, I've told you about my two dreams. I've never had that dream. My two dreams are I can't find my girlfriend at a party, and I'm going to jail for a crime I'm not even sure. I'm not, I don't even know what the crime is. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. going to jail forever. I've had both those
0: dreams. I think when you get a little older, you're going to start having this dormitory. Did you ever stand in a dorm? Did you go to college? No. I, well, you won't. You will I, I had a girlfriend then. who went to college, and I kind of
1: lived with her at, at her college.
0: But well, there'll be something else that'll be similar to that. Where I guess that's
1: similar It's like you can't find your girlfriend at the party,
0: but you're just like going around and going around. And you're like, ah, oh, where is she? She's got to be yourself. Here somewhere.
1: Here's here's probably where the difference is between me and you, and and I think this is, I think I would differ with most people in this opinion. I am utterly uninterested in what dreams may mean, because no one knows what they mean and none of us know what they mean we can sort of guess but in terms of like your dreams revealing something about what you're afraid of or some neurosis you have i think they're i think they're extremely uninteresting and i would i would guess that they're more just it's just leftover relays of leftover foggy brain shit than any type of deep insight into you into your soul which people ascribe a lot of meaning to dreams and I think that's a boring conversation. All right. Well, here's here's what I don't want to hear ever: P- your poetry or your dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got that. Now, having said that, Billy Collins might say, "Hey, I wrote this poem." I'm like, "Tell me about your poems." And some, let's say, uh, Gad Gad. What is her name? Gad Godot. Yeah, Gal Godot. Gal Godot might be like oh I had this dream and I'll be like I'm all ears yeah
1: tell me all about it that's, you wanna, me, that's just because you tell me every
0: de- tell me every detail of your dream gal and when I say gal I mean my wife like if my wife <laughs> she's never I don't even know why am I even saying why am I why do I even think for a second that my wife would ever listen to this podcast What? here's what's gonna happen my wife listens Uh, my wife will never do it but somebody that knows my wife will listen and then she'll be, oh, check out minute twenty-eight on podcast, blah blah blah. This just in: Bob's attracted to Gal Gadot like every other dude
1: with a dick in the world. No well, one cares.
0: let me just let me just say, I'm not attracted to Gal Gadot, Oh yeah, and okay. I'm only attracted to my wife. Okay, and uh, if my wife wants to tell me about her dream, I'm all ears. Right? Okay, and also that's the only person I want to hear dreams. This is my wife. So that's all. I want to and Valley Collins. Well,
1: if Wendell Berry, who's one of my favorite poets, was like, hey, I wrote a poem, would you like to hear it? I would say yes, but I would be thinking, I wish he'd just send it to me. <laughs> That's what I would really be. I would, then Dude, I, if
0: Wendell Berry wanted to read me his poem,
1: as good as he is, I'm like, go fuck yourself. I don't want to hear Wendell I want Barry's to read poem. the poem, but I don't want to sit there awkwardly while he reads it to me. Don't what send me anything. What if he's
0: gently rubbing your nuts with his hand with no, his writer hand no problem not his mo. non-writer hand yeah no problem the, the hand that he uses to write his poems. i want him to write he's his gently
1: uh, caressing your balls i want him to write his new poem on my scrotum and then read it to me <laughs> wendell can you give me a before you read it write it on my
0: balls oh you had a
1: paper hold write on. it
0: hold on let me get my dick card. you write it all over my dick <laughs> With your mouth. Okay, we gotta go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you like the Dude. show, <laughs> this man, this fucking podcast
1: just got real bi curious. If you like the show, leave us a positive <laughs> review on iTunes. You can support us on Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash i o k. You're gonna get Zep. you're gonna get over fifty extra episodes of the Secret Weekly. What? Get some songs. That yeah, seems well- like that's that's a deal it's a ton of content over there on patreon holy
0: motherfuck
1: it's pretty simple if you like the show and it's basically what amounts to a cup of coffee a month it's five bucks a month you're gonna get how many episodes do we put out a month Eight? thousands thousands so it's all over there we appreciate all of you who write in and who listen to the show bob and clint at gmail.com we're gonna get the fuck yeah, out of here now write us an email write, write us and make it interesting yeah make it interesting don't write <laughs> your dreams don't include a poem <laughs> Here's what
0: I know. If you send an email with your poetry or your dreams, it will never get read on
1: this show. If you send me an email with a link to videos, you'll probably be blocked. If you send me an email with a link to YouTube videos, I will never watch it. And I can prove that to you because Bob has sent me like three today and I've watched none of them. <laughs> <laughs>